0: Welcome to Coffee, Eggs and Inspiration. It's a weekly show that goes out over YouTube and over all of the major platforms as a podcast. And each week I get to sit with an inspiring person and listen to them tell their story and share it with you. This week is no different. I'm joined by Maya Bruni, who's a British athlete. I'll give her a little bit of an introduction so uh, you know the uh, the talent that you're listening to and, and watching here. Maya is a British athlete. She's also a graphic design uh, graduate now. Uh, Congratulations this year. Um, Before that she was at the Brit School where she did interactive and creative design, uh, qualified personal trainer, uh, and the athletics trophies are just mounting up. There's a pile to get through here, so bear with me. European Junior 200 metre champion in 2017, uh, also 2017 4x100 metre bronze medalist, 4x400 four bronze medalist, British Senior Indoor 200 metre bronze medalist, uh, British University Colleges Sports, that's the Bucks uh, Athletic Competition, 200 metre champ in 2017. Uh, and uh, also in the same year, the 4x100 gold medalist in Bucks. And then in 2018, last year, Bucks 400 metre gold medalist and 4x100 gold medalist. Phew! <laughs> that's, quite, that's quite a collection that you've racked up there, Maya. Uh, welcome and thank you very much for spending time thank with you me for this morning. Me. Thank yeah. You. <laughs> So let's start by taking, taking it all back. You grew up in South London, right? Yes,
1: I grew up in Croydon, and uh, South London, uh, which is obviously where I went to the Brit School, which was a local school there. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure how much you know about Croydon, but obviously it's not um, the best area. I mean, it's coming up, which is great. Um, we have the best music. I'm going to be a bit biased here, but <laughs> we have many artists that come from Coilin, they come out and they do great things for uh, UK music. Who's industry. your favourite? Um, well, at the moment we've got Crepton Coding, which are doing pretty well, Yeah, pretty good, <laughs> of course, um, but I mean, from the Brit School especially, we have loads of people that come out there, and yeah. um, especially one of my friends, Dave Bello, he's he's up and rising, which is cool, and, and Joe Artsky, so I have loads of friends that are... These music. were
0: contemporaries. You went through yeah, school yeah. They
1: with. went, and they are yeah. doing great at the moment. They're touring, so I think it's nice to have be surrounded by friends that are also doing great things in their in their, you know industries, which is cool. Well,
0: I know a bit about the Brit School. I'm uh, one of the friends of the school, and it's an incredible. Institution, what Stuart and the, his team's done there is uh, yeah. amazing. It's just so full of energy. <laughs> Do you remember when we met? Actually, it was at a Brit School function. It was, like?
1: it was at the alumni meet. Um, yeah. Me and my sister attended. We were a little bit uh, late, but we managed to see some really good talks, um, especially by myself. Uh, it was just great to see people there interacting with us, because I think mean, that's great, especially once you leave Brick, sometimes yeah. you feel a little bit like, where am I? You're in yeah. kind of a lost space and yeah. you miss that um, structure. Things. Right. So it was really cool to get back, see some old teachers, some old friends, and yeah. uh, get some new contacts. It's, <laughs> a,
0: it's a real uh, institution, isn't it? You can feel it when you're there. It's a real, yeah. it feels like a family it almost. It's, it's a high energy. Of...
1: Really strong community, and, yeah. and I mean, that makes really. Um, yeah brilliant guy. I mean, he really gets the ethos of believing in your dreams, pushing no limits. I mean, I think I wouldn't be in the same place if it wasn't for his mindset as well. There
0: you go. Stuart Warden. Big shout out (laughs) from the Brit School. And uh, yeah, I I remember us talking and you commented, I think, on my trainers. So that got my attention. And you were wearing this puma top and I commented on your your top because it was a rather (laughs) unusual, uh, unusual thing and that took us into a conversation about your routine and what you were doing, yeah, you were there as a design person, yeah. but actually an athlete.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm a really, I'm a trained geek, so I, I, <laughs> I noticed those straight away. I mean, I think you had Jordans on, but yeah, it was really cool. Um, so I have a little collection myself, see, I'm sponsored by Puma now, so Puma only.
0: <laughs> For the Are you, well, yeah, yeah it's exactly, hard, yeah. to, hard to see those, <laughs> but uh, very nice pair of Pumas under the table, I can see. <laughs>
1: um, but yeah, so in terms of my routine, as I, as I mentioned to you, it's, I mean, at the moment we're off-season, so it's October right now, so it's just nice. Just one month
0: off-season. Just
1: one month, four weeks. So 11 months on season (laughs) Yeah. Um, And even even now I'm still ticking over, so I will still go to the gym um, once, twice a week just to keep things going. I don't want to go into winter training, which is in November, completely, um, you know, just... Full of donuts <laughs> just would be a bad idea so um in terms of winter training routine so now i've graduated it's going to be full-time pro athlete scheme, which means it's going to be six days a week uh, twice a week so that will be like really early morning so gym would be maybe at 7 8 a.m and yeah. um, the reason why is that gives you the midday to recover and then you will go to the track in the evening right. around 6 7 and you do your track session, which can take anywhere between two, three hours, depending on what that is.
0: So t- twice a day, morning, uh, evening, even, six days a week. Yeah, yeah. That so. is busy. And yeah. I remember when we spoke, you were doing that as well as university, as university right? University, yeah. So. so Take us back and talk us <laughs> through that routine, because that, that, yeah. that blew me away.
1: I mean, I would say, first of all, a lot of student athletes have to go through that. And it's something I underestimated, because I really just thought, oh, I'm at the University of East London. It's amazing for sport, amazing for design. For me, it was the best uni that could balance both at a good at a good level. And that's why I chose that uni. Also, their, their sports scholarship scheme is amazing. They really support you. They push back deadlines. So they did make things. A lot easier than Brilliant. what some universities do um, so thanks UEL <laughs> for that um, yeah and so in terms of whilst I was there it was a case of getting there early the gym they had a, a sports scholarship gym there and so I'd get there early, I'd be training there either 8 to 9am, or the days that, because it was in East London, so I would have to wake up at 6 when I was, this was when I wasn't driving, so yeah. <laughs> it was a case of getting the training.
0: From Croydon, From Croydon. all the way up to East London, It's close to City Airport, yeah, isn't it, just across was,
1: there? Yeah, tram, train, train, tube, ch- DLR, <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, every morning for a good uh, year. Yeah, before I started to just drive it mm-hmm. so a lot easier. Even though there's black tunnel time traffic.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so was, when did you find time to study? Because you yeah, know, um, yes, yeah, so it would be
1: it would be during lunch times. It would be late evenings. Um, it would be at the track sometimes. I bring my revision notes, like you know, and just read them in the changing rooms wow. in between reps. Yeah, it was just really just making it work and I think if you want it bad enough you can. Sure. Um, it, I, mean, I had to be organised, I had to sacrifice it. I went. I didn't go freshers, I don't know what freshers is. <laughs> I didn't enjoy
0: This is the, part, yeah. the welcome party this for the, welcome, the new students. Yeah, I yeah. yeah.
1: did not attend that. <laughs> um, <laughs> did
0: you attend anything? Did you have a social life outside I, this? I, <laughs>
1: I did, obviously, I had um, times where I couldn't meet up with friends, you know, we would we have every Sunday off, which is great because it's six days a week. But, you know, the day you do have it off, you just want to be at home on the sofa right. and watch Netflix, yeah. Yeah, just <laughs> completely do nothing. I think mean, going out at this point is just so tiring. Yeah, <laughs> so, no
0: doubt. Yeah. Yeah. Good opportunity for binge watching. What's your favourite on Netflix at oh the moment? Oh, my
1: gosh. Um, well, I've just finished Power. Yeah. Uh, which I love, uh, and also Top Boy. Top Boy? I, yeah, I thought that was pretty good. I think they really need a top girl,
0: though. <laughs> well, but, there's yeah, an idea, yeah, exactly. that, perhaps that's a future project for you. <laughs> OK, so the routine, you're coming into the very heavy season, of course, eyes uh, uh, on the Olympics yes, next year. Yeah, we'll come yeah. to that in a moment, but for, for, before, we can get there, before we get there, I think one of the really interesting things about uh, what you do, Maya, is you've, you've got this mix of design mm-hmm graphic design and athletics, and I wonder if there's any crossover between those two.
1: Definitely. I think graphic design and athletics, they just work hand in hand for me anyway. Um, Sports design is the industry i'm trying to tap into especially after i finish with my flex career i think it's the easiest thing for me to move towards um with Puma at the moment it's really great i get to work alongside some of their shoots whether that's with us track athletes or footballers and it's something that i do want to push more to get into um, definitely for the experience but also just as an athlete you have a different perspective and i think you yeah. know how angles needs to be shown in terms of filmmaking and also Gadget-wise as well, in training, as, as I was explaining, um, we don't have many things that can tell us our meets per second. Right. Um, at the moment, there is there are some cool apps now that actually can do that through film, but it would be cool to kind of look at your watch, know know what speed you just did that repetition right. in. Um, so, there are ways that the boundaries can be pushed and, and to help athletes run quicker, jump higher. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, it's something that we're always pushing towards, and obviously big brands are always pushing towards it in terms of clothing, Yeah. Uh, which is another thing that I really enjoy. Uh, so there are so many things. I so think, lots of yeah. design
0: options, uh, yeah, 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 alongside athletics and and after. You, you mentioned that you know sometimes you're on set and you 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 help out in yeah, a way with yeah. with some of the. Um, organisation of, of shoots and things like that. Tell me more about yeah.
1: that. I mean, Well it first started off, uh, I was on a shoot actually earlier on in 2017 so yeah, around 2017 I was on a shoot and this was my first sign so they kind of wanted to do a Welcome to Puma sort of photo shoot and whilst I was there they wanted me to do things that I thought were quite girly and, and it didn't really reflect me and my personality um, so I thought well I, I let them know.
0: What, 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 like, what, what is
1: girly Um Well, it was just things like um, not making me look sporty. It was kind of like, oh, um, walk out. They wanted me to do like a shopping experience. That was kind of the theme of their shoot. So we had to kind of pretend we were looking at these shoes, obviously, uh, and we were shopping, we were buying them. I just thought it's it's kind of unrelated to what I do and why I'm here. Um, and I do athletics for many reasons and um, one obviously first and foremost to inspire my community And um, coming from Croydon, I think it's so important to make sure that people especially girls can see that there's a way out And there's something way more productive to be doing um, so I kind of wanted to do it in my area <laughs> for, right. for starters not in yeah. central London, which to be honest until I got signed I wasn't really shopping <laughs> <laughs> on You know, Regent Street, that wasn't what I was doing back then. <laughs> right. So I just, I thought, yeah, it would be cool just to go back to where I am and where I still live, really, um, to do a shoot there, so.
0: So where did you do uh, do the shoot? Um,
1: well, we did bring it back to Crystal Palace, which yeah. is where I first started training, that was my first ever track right. in Crystal Palace, South London. Um, So we did a shoot there. And and it wasn't
0: a shopping experience. It wasn't a shopping
1: experience. It was uh, track related. So it was just really cool uh, track shots, running shots, but also in casual wear as well, which I kind of like. So we kind of mixed the two up. Um, And then I helped edit that as well, which was great. I really enjoyed being part of it. I just felt like I really owned it, which was... Yeah, It thrilling. sounds like you did own it, you <laughs> yeah. changed
0: the location, you changed the concept <laughs> and you did the editing, so.
1: <laughs> Yeah, I think, um, well, I'm, I'm really fortunate that also as a brand, Puma is super cool in terms of they want to work with you, they want you to be happy, they want you to enjoy being with them as a brand and yeah. they really want it to work, so... They once I told them that this is actually the vision I have, they were like, okay, cool. <laughs> they yeah, they weren't yeah. too fast. Um, and I think actually they, they really liked the outcome of it.
0: Brilliant. Um, tell me more about inspiring your community. I'm yeah. interested to understand a little bit more about how you think about that and what you're yeah,
1: doing. So at the moment, um, I mean, knife crime in London is, is soaring. Um, it's something that obviously a lot of people work in to lower um, the rates of that. Um, but I think a lot of it is due to the fact that kids, especially after school, or if they don't go to school, or depending on whatever their home situations are, they kind of go to the street to find that uh, care that they don't have maybe at home or at school, etc. Right.
0: Um,
1: and I just think it's becoming a bit of an issue. Um, that they don't have things to do or they don't feel like there's a way out of that uh, mindset or that lifestyle. Um, so I just think me having the opportunity that I have to show, especially girls, that yeah, you can do other things, you can actually go to a track, it's like some uh, there's quite an athletics track, it's like £2.50 to use the track, so right. it's something that you can do. It's it's a lot cheaper than other sports. I mean, that's why I first started. Um, I think I could have been really good at tennis, but tennis coaching is a lot more expensive than athletics coaching. Right. So it's one of those sports that is really open to a vast range of backgrounds, yeah. and I think that's why athletics is a great platform to inspire youth, and Hopefully, you know, if I do make it to the Olympics, it will be one of those things that I will be able to go and talk about in schools and just have a bigger platform to say, hey, you can do that too. And if you need help, I have, I've got the connections, you know, I've got Puma, they can help sponsor you. I mean, when I got my first kit drops, they would give me, I mean, hundreds of trainers. I mean, it was a crazy amount. I said, what am I going to do?
0: Hundreds of trainers.
1: I didn't have room in my house for it. I mean, my mum was getting really stressed out. Like, you've got boxes everywhere. Like, what are we (laughs) going to do? Um, So I ended up giving loads of those away to the local athletics track which was yeah. just such a great thing to do because they needed this other
0: people are a chance. exactly yeah, yeah 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 so well you're an amazing inspiration to mm-hmm. me and i'm sure to <laughs> to many others and and will be for some time you mentioned your parents let's yes, pause yeah. there because they're that they played a big role in, in your career yeah. so far tell me about that
1: um so, I mean, from a young age, I was a bit of a handful. <laughs> Always had loads of energy. Um, so I think my father, and especially my father, he noticed that I've got this this element of just really running really quickly everywhere, everywhere I wanted to go. It's almost like I was running before I was walking. It was crazy. <laughs> so they um, signed me up when I was seven years old to a local athletics track, which was Crystal Palace athletics track. And I just started training there, and I started off three times a week, so Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday mornings. Um, So already getting in a routine from a young age, that's why I think balancing the routine really became normal as I grew up. Um,
0: And your father's... David, yes. uh, still involved, a technical
1: coach, as well Yeah, right? he um, definitely is 100% involved, uh, he'll be looking over films on my races, mm. um, helping me with any technical feedback that I might have, yeah. um, but also the relationship I have with both my parents, is almost like they're my friends as well and I can talk yeah. to them about a lot of things and I think as an athlete you are going through other stresses in your life as well, mm. you know, you're, you're a human being and it's really important to be able to talk to people um, sure. about that. And, yeah, my mom, she's a nutritionist, so she's always been on top of what I eat, um, <laughs> which wasn't always the great, I used to sneak sweets in, I used to, you know, go make sure I went to Sainsbury's in the morning, had my dinner, right. went to Greg's, like, but then, you know, and then I got serious, um, I did English schools, which is, I mean, at the time it was on Sky Sports, yeah. it was a massive event, and um, it was kind of like a... Glorified sports day, really. right? You I know, mean, it, it was huge, and uh, I I won that. I won the 100 and 200 metres there,
0: Brilliant. and
1: I think that's when I just said like, yeah, like I can do this quite seriously now. Like I right. think I should
0: do this. Seriously. And you've got to put the right sort of fuel into oh, Of course. What, so of what course. sort of what sort of regime are you are you on from a dietary um, point of view?
1: Well, I. From
0: a nutritional point of yeah, view,
1: yeah, yeah. From a nutritional <clears> point of <throat> view, um, I eat for performance, so that means. it's not about what i like so um, we have for example loads of greens so it'd be like kale um which personally not not my favorite vegetable in the world but i mean it's just great just for refueling um obviously we have proteins as well so i i do have chicken i tend to stay away from red meat around competition just because apparently that's you know, it's a bit heavy, yeah. especially for just the events that I do. Right. If I was a marathon runner, then that would be probably would great. Be okay. yeah. But um, we, for 200 meter, 400 meter, even 100 meter, we've got to stay pretty light on our feet. Right. Um, so in the morning before a race, I normally stay, stick to a little bit of porridge, some fruit, blueberries, especially blueberries, yeah. a great, great snack to have.
0: Much like today.
1: Yeah, exactly, <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's, and, it's always, and I've, I've learned to stay in that habit off-season because yeah. if you're off-season and you go completely off the rail, it's like getting back to that diet.
0: Yeah, it's hard to, it's to, really hard to <laughs> re-break the habit. Of, yeah. You know? <laughs> so your mum uh, has, has given you lots of nutritional yeah. uh, help. Sylvia yes, is her name. Sylvia, yeah. Um, cool, so uh, now eyes on the Olympics. You've graduated from university, so you've only got the athletics to focus on, exactly. I guess, at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Tell me about the lead-up to that and uh, what you're expecting. Olympics, uh, July-August yeah. in Japan, Yes. Uh, in 2020, mm-hmm. with selection in June. summer, June.
1: June, yeah. Right. Um, so, wow, it's going to be really interesting. Good season ahead. Um, So, November is where I'm going to be starting um, my 400, 200-meter training. So, it's going to be the first time I'm going to be doing a longer program, uh, which I'm really excited to attempt.
0: So, you're focusing in just on the 200 and 400?
1: Yes, exactly. No more Relay? Um, Well, Relay is part of the 4x4, so I will be looking to tap into the 4x4 team. Um, It would be a great opportunity uh, if I can run the time they, I believe I have a good chance of going so, Gotcha. So it, it's, there's a big opportunity there to be, to be taken. Um, so I, I was explaining there's the indoor season, which comes between December and March, and this year there's the World Indoors, which is in China, um, which is going to be amazing. It's like...
0: Whereabouts in China is that?
1: Um, I think Nan- Nanjing. Okay. Uh, yeah, so it's going to be really cool experience. I think the reason why i would like to go there is because it's they you know, simple things like toilet signs, um, what's for breakfast, simple phrases. I have no idea what they are, what they look like, how to say them. And I wouldn't want my first time being in the Olympics. Um, obviously, everything will be in Japanese there, so it's, it will be kind of hard to understand yeah. and communicate. Um, even though most people talk English now, but mm-hmm. it will be great just to have that experience of not, put yourself
0: into a very foreign yeah, place. not
1: knowing exactly what what to do, where I am, yeah. etc. So yeah. uh, that is taking place in March with the trials in February.
0: Right.
1: So I'll be working towards that to start off with um, hopefully make that team in March and yeah. um, then take almost like a little week off. Um, after
0: A little week. Yeah, a yeah. little
1: week, um, which I'll be grateful for. It'll be a nice little transition into the outdoor training, which will start in around late March, April. Is Um,
0: it a different tech indoor versus outdoor? Is it a different technique, a different, do you you get different performance?
1: Indoor sprinting, (coughs) um, we have 60 meters instead of 100 meters, for starters. And also the 200 and 400 is based on a track that has banks. So you're almost running. It's like
0: a velodrome.
1: Like a velodrome. It's like running on a velodrome, less of the exaggerated banks. but exactly, so it's a completely different technique. Yeah. Um, people tend to run a little bit slower indoors than they do outdoors. Oh really? Yeah, um, just due to the fact that you are going up the hills and coming back down, and, and it's a little bit of a different dynamic and terrain as well because it's like all this hitting up, <laughs> coming down. Yeah, yeah. It, it's pretty exhausting. Is it
0: easier on your ankles though because you're, you're on a bank that's sort of cambers. This is
1: a, Yeah, you have to train for stability. So right. indoors you're going to be doing a lot of plyometrics, so a lot of box jumps, a lot of stability work. Plyometrics? Um, Yeah, Plyometrics. What's that? Um, So Plyometrics are kind of like, uh, so they'll set up different height of boxes and you'll be jumping in those and then you work on just staying still so you'll you'll be just keeping that balance and then to make it harder you might do it with an elastic band, you might have your coach throw a medicine ball at you. Um, Yeah, so it it gets pretty intense indoor. (laughs) Indoor season pretty intense but it lays the foundation for outdoors. So you
0: come out uh of the indoors stronger
1: in a way exactly way stronger um interesting and that's obviously hoping that you haven't been injured i mean a lot of athletes do get injured indoors but it's planned into the program because what we do we're pushing ourselves you know to our capabilities and training all the time yeah and that's how you learn to push your body that's how your body reaches new levels um so we always plan it in, just in case you do pick up a little something. Yeah. Um, that's always going to be planned in, so it shouldn't really affect how training goes too much.
0: What do you do? Uh, um, what do you do to, I guess, mitigate or minimise the uh, the injury risk?
1: Um well a lot of it's recovery so we have massages which right. sounds great but sounds brilliant sounds great but they're <laughs> sports massages so okay
0: <laughs> yeah. not so great <laughs>
1: not so great um pretty painful sometimes <laughs> especially if you haven't been doing your stretches <laughs> which tends to be me but um yeah we get sports massages so sometimes some athletes might get that every day mm-hmm. some athletes get it three times a week it just depends on your body everyone's different and um, everyone needs a different thing we have epsom salt baths um um, maybe even ice bars. There's something really cool now called cryotherapy, which loads of athletes do. Yeah, so
0: like basically that sounds it's, uncomfortable.
1: Yeah, stepping into a fridge, it's like minus, going to degrees. Um, yeah, and basically that's just meant to stimulate uh, the blood and just... Okay. Get your so it
0: takes the blood to the outer parts.
1: Basically,
0: of yeah, 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 and and it gets the blood to
1: the muscles a lot quicker. That's the science behind. It sounds really uncomfortable. Yeah, I mean, um, like an ice bath. Basically, yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: amazing. Well, um, it sounds it sounds like it's going to be uh, intense. We're all um, going to be uh, rooting rooting for you as you as you lead up to China and hopefully Japan as well. There may be some people from uh, your community who are watching this or listening to yeah, it as a podcast. What advice would you give? You're a, obviously a very successful woman.
1: <laughs> I think it's it's to relax, um, which can be the hardest thing. Um, obviously, it's 2020; it's a big year, and you are there's so a lot of pressure from everyone around me as well. Um, but I put a lot of pressure on myself to get there, to be there. But in actual fact, sometimes just relaxing you run a lot quicker, You, your mind is a lot more free, mm-hmm. and you're able to just function a lot better, and I think that's what's so important, is just to remember that even though you've got these massive goals, to not really tr- force them at the same time, which sounds a bit strange, but sometimes letting them come to you, which is a bit of a weird thing to think of, <laughs> but um, yeah. I, I find that I train better when actually I go to training without any thought of anything, I just, yeah go to training almost like a release like it's like yeah. my space to just do what i enjoy and yeah. have fun with it and it's just a different way instead of going there like i gotta make the team and you know and it's yeah. just it then becomes do it
0: for the enjoyment
1: yeah it then becomes a job and i think yeah. that's not what that's not why i do for it because I, I love what i do and i think running is just a great opportunity yeah. to get into loads of other things yeah. so for me it's just about having fun with it so.
0: well that's great advice uh also you know not everyone's going to be a, an olympic standard yeah. athlete if you're a young man or woman uh growing up in in south london or, or elsewhere yeah, yeah. what advice would you have for them for the non-athletes i mean
1: for the not i, mean, I- I feel like it's the same. Whatever you do, mm-hmm. I think you need to enjoy it. That's how you're going to do the best at it. Um, I think growing up, I remember um, a lot of my friends used to talk about, oh, I'm going to go to university and I'm going to study law because you know a lawyer gets X amount of salary a year and that's what I want to do. But it's like, well, do you actually enjoy it? Because if you live 40 years you know, doing that job, are you actually going to say to yourself, once you retire, yeah, I've really enjoyed the last 40 years of my life. What are you going to say? Well, that, yeah. that was a massive waste of time. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think success comes to you when you do something you love, because that's when you're going to have the most passion for it. And you're actually going to find that you push it to a different level because you are almost obsessed with it. It's something that you do naturally. It's almost like a habit. Um, and and it's, like, it's like that with musicians when you think about it. Um, yeah. yeah. It's crazy, they just, they, the words just come off the page for them and they yeah. end up writing these beautiful songs and you're thinking, oh, how do they do? Well, they love what they do. They don't force themselves <laughs> to sit there and write these songs. So um, yeah, no matter what you do, you've got to enjoy
0: it. Well, that is absolutely brilliant <laughs> <Thank> and inspirational <laughs> advice. Um, best of luck for China. Thank you best so much. Best of luck for the Olympics. <laughs> and uh, you're a real inspiration. Thanks oh. for spending time with us today. Thanks very much. Thank you. <laughs>